me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. on DGen Nation. Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Honda Classic. As usual, I am here with my partner in crime, Tyler Tamberlein. Tyler, how you doing? I'm doing well, Kenny. As in the words of Harold Varner, we here. This is it. This is DFS Open Week. It's Honda Week. We're meeting week. It's everything week. I'm excited for this. Yeah, me too. The Honda's going to be great. One thing I do have to let you know, go ahead, since you're going to be there tomorrow, Nintendo's going to be there tomorrow. I'm coming on Thursday to the Honda Classic. Uh, go ahead and pick me up a half gallon of Crown Royal. Uh, okay. I need that when I walk in the door. I'm going <laughs> to need a drink. So go ahead, pick me up a half gallon of Crown Royal. Have it ready for me when I walk in the door on Thursday. All right, before we talk about the Honda, let's go and talk about this past week's tournament, the WGC Mexico. It was a good event. Uh, you know, the leaderboard on Sunday was pretty fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was really nice. It was really nice. The TV coverage was actually pretty damn good. It showed a lot of golf shots, a lot more than CBS does. I could do without Paul Azinger. I, I thought I'd never say this, but I sort of missed um, Johnny Miller a, a little bit on the coverage. Uh, but uh, whatever. They, they showed enough golf. It was a great event. I think the best thing about it was the two villains finishing first and second, Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau. And, and here's the thing. like, It was glorious seeing my Twitter feed. Because I'm a fan of both. I love both those guys. Uh, and it was glorious. My Twitter feed during that time was just so much hate. And the, and the thing is, it was so much busier. Twitter, golf Twitter was so much busier when guys like these are up top, when guys people hate. And if you look back, you know, it, I think it's good for the game when you have villains that are elite players or elite teams. I mean, you look at other sports. Uh, you look at baseball. Uh, you know, everyone hates the Yankees outside of the Bronx and, like, you know, front-runner bandwagon fans. But every time they're on the World Series, their ratings are always through the roof. Um, you look at uh, uh, tennis. I mean, like, no one really cared about men's tennis until you saw John McEnroe and Jimmy Connors out there, who are both a couple of assholes, uh, out on the course where they're very polarizing. Either you hated them or loved them, but that's what grew the men's game, uh, you know, where you could see it live every week. And you had the U.S. Open on on primetime, and it grew the game a bunch. Uh, in women's tennis, you know, the last 20 years, you've seen the game grow so much. Uh, you, you know, the women are being paid as much as the men, and deservedly show, so. And the reason for that is probably Serena Williams. And she's another polarizing player. People either hate her or love her. I mean, even smaller sports. You look at NASCAR. Uh, in their prime, uh, I'd say their big heyday was the mid-90s to the early 2000s. I mean, the best driver out there was Jeff Gordon. And everybody hated his ass. 
but they had the best ratings back then. You know, having these bad guys, you know, quote unquote, bad guys be on top of leaderboards helps the game. It gives it more juice. It makes it more fun to watch. And it brings casual fans in. They're like, why are all these people talking shit about this golfer? Maybe I have to go watch it. You know, you've even seen it just a little bit in golf. Not not too much. But, I mean, if you go back back in the day, you know, before his car accident, people didn't like Ben Hogan. He was not the nicest guy. Uh, he was sort of cold and frigid. People didn't like him, you know. And yet the game was you know, getting more and more popular because he was winning every week. And now, you know, after the car accident, he came back. And he was a really, really popular player and very, very liked. So it changed a little bit. And then even Tiger. Uh, here's the thing about Tiger. What Tiger, Tiger grew the game was mostly because he brought newer fans in. Uh, but, you know, those, those fans that are currently, I'd say, under 50 years old, 45 years old now, um, you know, that are, were over, that are over 45, 50 years old now, when, when Tiger came in, they probably didn't like him too much. I know for a fact that they didn't like him too much because he was just a different type of animal that brought into the game. Now, again, uh, you know, his big thing was bringing a new generation of fans, and that's why he was so big. But there was some hate for Tiger as well. Uh, you know, and you saw it especially uh, once he's fucked up. You know, I mean, the guy threw the damn you know club through the back of his Jeep or whatever. You know, I mean, like, you know, everyone went off on him. It's not like he broke the fucking law. He cheated on his wife. It's not great. You know, it's not a good thing, but it's not, but it's not like, it's not like he's a criminal or something. You know what I'm saying? And people just poured it on him, you know? And so uh, there was a lot of underlying hate in Tiger Woods where you didn't really hear it because, you know, a lot of these older fans, you know, were white, you know, and you're talking shit about, you know, a black guy who's an elite level, you know, it's not a really smart move. We saw what happened to Fuzzy Zeller. You know, after his fried chicken and watermelon comment about the Masters, you never heard from his ass again. So a lot of them were quiet, but there was a lot of underlying hate for Tiger during that time again. And so I love the fact that we're getting these golfers that people don't like, that people hate, because it's a good thing for the game. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was fucking glorious to me to see Patrick Reed win. I, you know, we love him all the time. We talk about the villain. I know, you know, Feinberg pumps him up on Twitter. Uh, you know, Mayo had the pod that he did with you. He had it last week with one of the Golf Digest editors, and they talked about the same sort of thing. The Bryson's, the Reed, how they're, they're good for the game, right? People tune in for that. People were wanting to see one of these guys get it done or, or choke, either or. It, it gets both sides of the field involved as far as fans are concerned. It's exciting for us. You know, having the read outright was an extra bonus to see Bryson three putt that and everything the way it played out. But like you said, but you know, getting off the rails a little bit, I think. But in general, the tournament was absolutely fantastic. You had Rom, Rory, Matsu, JT all in the top six. Uh, you know, you got Woodland X just down below. You had both of the Mexican-born golfers in Ortiz and Answer do their thing for the crowd, which I thought was fucking phenomenal. That's what you want to see at a tournament like that. That's you know, the whole ending couldn't be better. And then, like you said, just to have those two dudes up at the top going at it. It wasn't like it was you know close between anybody else it was it was throughout the day sort of leading up it could have been anyone's game but it was very apparent at the end it was going to be one of those two it's either Bryson he didn't choke it I'm just saying either either he gives it away or it doesn't go his way to end out strong or the other guy's going to take it and that's exactly what happened when Reed made that putt on 17 I blew up I thought it was the most incredible thing that's also the same time I realized that I couldn't get any better than sixth place in the giant ten dollar resurgence on DraftKings. So that kind of sucked. That, that was a, a close but no cigar call for me this week. Uh, I went back just to switch gears and I'll flip back to you, see how your week was. But Billy Horschel, when he missed that fucking three jack from four feet, if he just makes that par even, I get third place chop. If, if he had have birdied it, it would have ended up being most like if everything else stayed the same, bogey free, extra place points, and the the birdie points, I would have been second for 100K. So that really sucks to be that close and not hit that, but it's probably just saving up for a millionaire maker or something like that. But the readout right definitely did me a little bit extra on top. So we're going to have a good time. I'll get you that gallon. I'll have to convert it to Canadian, but the gallon of Crown Royal will be waiting for you when you get to the Airbnb. Yeah, I mean, Tampa had a great week. I'm really glad you're on the show because I had the worst week of my season. Uh, this past week, my cash game cornerstones weren't that great. I think Fleetwood was top 20, Ortiz was top 20, but that's about it. Sergio shit the bed, DJ shit the bed. Uh, I've been struggling in cash. This is the first time probably in three years where I've lost four weeks in a row. Uh, I, I don't really know what's going on. I have a sort of a clue. I, I look back a little bit uh, on my decisions, and a lot of them came down to, to, to you know, 1v1. I, I was trying to pick between one guy. So last week it was DJ or Decky. 
And, and Decky had the numbers, but I went DJ because I felt DJ in the gut. And my gut was incredibly wrong. Like I ate some bad Indian food or some shit. You know what I'm saying? It was it was just wrong. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, uh, the second pick was Fleetwood. I didn't really, he was going to be a lock for me at $9,200. Uh, and then it, the next pick was Sergio or Casey. You know, Casey had the numbers, the stats, everything lined up. But I just had a feeling about Sergio. And I was wrong once again. Uh, so a lot of my gut plays, I think I should start saving these gut plays for GPPs because, you know, I've been doing well with that in GPPs. So I, I'm going to start going a little bit more towards what the, the numbers are showing me in cash. And that's going to switch it up here a little bit. But overall, it was a horrible, horrible week. Uh, not great. But going back a little bit um, to the Bryson and uh, Reed thing, I want to see them paired together at the Zurich. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Can you imagine? They would bring so much juice to the tournament. Like, I, I don't think I've watched the Zurich, maybe a couple of holes. Uh, you know, first off, there's no DFS usually for it. So a lot of the times I'll just take a week off from golf or go to Euro, play Euro uh, that week. But it would bring so much juice to the event. And Patrick Reed, man, I, I mean, I love him. But the dude is a straight-up asshole. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, after the tournament was over, you saw Bryson go up to him, give him a hug. That was really cool. And what's the first thing that Patrick? What, ha- what happened on seventeen? What the fuck happened? That, that's uh, no, deep, I love that. that I love that. No, listen, I, I love that. that. I was, that's funny you brought move, that up. Dude. I was I was just about to bring this up and say, you know what the best part of that was? Was this? And here's why: because he saw that. That means he saw the board before he made that putt on seventeen, and that fueled him to be like, "Here's my fucking chance!" Bang! Yeah, in your yeah. mouth and drops it, and then steals it away on 18. So I think that was the adrenaline that was in his, you know, we know the adrenaline was in him on 18 when he put it into the woods, and that was all kinds of trouble. But, that, yeah, that was hilarious because it was nice of Bryce to come up and say what's up, give him props, everything like that. But when, when I heard him say that, I laughed my ass off, man. I thought that was hilarious. I mean, you know, people are like, why would you root for an asshole like him? Well, I mean, your favorite teams, do you really think everybody on your favorite teams are good people? It's competition. Probably not. It's single. Probably it's individual not. competition. I love yeah. it. I think yeah, it's great I, for the great. game. I think it's great for fans, everybody, because even though, like you said, half the people hate him, half people love him, maybe it's much more, maybe it's 60, 40, 70, 30. I really don't care. It's still better for the game. I love it. All right. So uh, let's move on a little bit. Let's move to the um, listener league for this week. Before we go in, Tambo, why don't you tell the listeners about our listener league for this week? This is it. Yeah, this is the big one. So I, I talked to them this morning. He said, man, it's four to five hours less on lock time. The field's not as strong. You guys filled it like on the button 15 minutes before last week. And so with the time difference and all that, he said, I'm not so sure. I said, listen, man, you're going to embarrass me. You're going to embarrass the DJ nation. We're headed down to the DFS open, the Honda classic. Everyone's going to be down there. You got to give me three K and let me try and do my thing, and get it filled. So as of right now, I think we're just over 1500 or we're pushing it. That's a pretty good first day with time, but it worries me is how we get down to the wire. So I need you guys to do us a favor this week. We don't ask it a lot. Share it around, retweet it, get it out to as many people as possible, load it up, fill it up. It's the same great structure as last week with the two grand up top, 200 to 10, 17% paid, solid you know, money back. If you cash, you get double your money. It's all there. Uh, but yeah, you got to help us fill it this week. So I think it's a, it's a good time to prove what we can do. And that'll only mean more when it gets to the players, when they're running all the giant tournaments. So it's better for all of us. Yep. That sounds great. And so uh, 1500 on the number, I just pulled it up 1500 out of three. Yeah. So we we need to get that filled. I'll be tweeting it more uh, all week. Uh, Before we talk about this week's listener league winner, I do apologize to dusty bottoms who won last week. I forgot to make an event, the three man. So you'll be on the four man this week with me, Tambo and this week's winner, a Gups corner member, uh, C Gamble 24. Uh, he had a great lineup this week, 636.5 points. Uh, he started off with Hideki Matsuyama, who finished in sixth with 98.5 points, 18% on. Uh, John Ram, who had a hell of a weekend, um, you know, shooting at 10 under on uh, Saturday, he had 122 points, finished in third, 17% on. He had the winner, Patrick Reed, uh, you know, uh, 132.5 points. Uh, 13.9% owned. Evan Kisner finished 18th, 76 points, 11.7% owned. Scotty Scheffler, uh, 20, tied for 26, 83.5 points, 20% owned. And EVR, Evan Van Ruyen, uh, who had a great week, who played really, really well. Uh, good golf until he sort of faded a little bit on the back nine, which is, you know, sort of to be expected um, for a guy, you know, who doesn't play on the PGA Tour that much. 
Uh, he had he finished in third, 124 points, 9.5 percent on. What'd you think of the lineup? It was a sick lineup, man. Yeah, love it. I, I don't know how Kisner got to almost 12 percent, but I was I'm pumped to see that uh, Eric Van Ruyen was 9.5, so almost you know 300 people just under had him in our in our tournament, which I thought was great because you look at the lineup, it's you know the guys we loved. You know, get away from your. I know you love you use DJ and Cash, but I don't think you probably use a bunch of them in. GPPs, but it's just like I said, him and those bubble plays, these these course history priced in guys, and we'll talk about some this week. It's just they haven't been great. And and Rom over DJ was an easy one. That worked out. Hideki we loved, Reed we loved, Scheffler we were on, EVR was down there with Ortiz. So I mean, just a great lineup overall, but good call on Kisner to fit him in there and make the difference to get him the win. Uh, like you said, Gubs Corner member, we're gonna talk about an exclusive promo code this week that you guys can get for our biggest offer ever, actually, for Gubs Corner. All right. So um Let's go ahead and talk about gobscorner.com. It's a good little segue. Uh, you know, this week, use promo code DGEN30. You get 30% off a subscription this week. We're all going to be there this week. Uh, you know, on Wednesday night, there will be a live E9 podcast for subscribers only. And I won't be there yet. But whoever's in the house, there'll be a lot of guys there already will be on this pod. And they'll be at the practice rounds on Wednesday. Uh, so and maybe on Tuesday as well. It uh, just depends on when when you guys get there. So they're going to be able to see a lot of these guys in action. So it's going to be a really important pod to listen to. And the only way you can is being a member of Gup's Corner. Use promo code DGN30. You get the Slack chat. You get all the tools. You get it for all the sports, uh, not just golf. You know, it's a great site, great uh, community. I love working for them. I love being there. The community is great. Talking to all these guys. Can't wait to meet a whole bunch of them this week. So use the promo code DGEN30 and uh, get yourself 30% off a subscription to gupscorner.com. All right, so let's go to this week. The uh, PGA Tour moves to Palm Beach this week, for West Palm Beach this week, for the beginning of the Florida Swing. PGA Nationals Championship course will host this week's Honda Classic for the 14th time. The course is best known for the Bear Trap. Holes 15, 16, and 17, a stretch of three difficult holes that will probably decide the winner on Sunday. Four years ago on Saturday, Adam Scott had a three-stroke lead before quadruple bogeying the 15th to move back into second behind Spurgeon. Now, Scott bounced back to win on Sunday, but this shows you how things can change in a hurry on these three holes. The bear trap is extremely hard, but that doesn't mean the rest of the course is any easier. Holes five through seven are also one of the most difficult three-hole stretches on tour. Only five holes have played under par overall throughout the years. These are the two par fives, the first hole, the eighth hole, and the 13th hole. Another factor, and the thing is, like, those those three, the first, the eighth, and the 13th, they're like a combined, it's an average of like .05 strokes under par. So it's barely under par, you know? Almost every stroke, almost every course, every hole except those two par fives played right around even or way worse. Um, now, uh, another factor on why this course is so brutish is the wind. 10 to 20 mile power winds are the norm. With all these obstacles for the pros, you can easily see why this is one of the five most difficult courses on tour each year. Now, Europeans normally flock to this tournament as the beginning of their prep for Augusta, but most top Euros played last week in Mexico and are skipping the Honda. P- PGA National can play like a Euro Tour, uh, Euro, Euro Tour course when it comes to windy conditions. So losing the European contingent from this event makes the field even weaker. Add in the fact that a lot of top-tier PGA golfers that normally play this event are skipping it due to the new schedule position of this event, which is now sandwiched between Mexico and Bay Hill. You know, the field is much weaker in the last couple of years, including this year, than it has been in the past. Uh, now, there is a bit of hometown narrative this week as many golfers live in and around the area. You know, Berger, Knox, GMAC, Fowler, Duffner, and there's more, than, plenty more than that. Now, I wouldn't put, like, all my eggs in the hometown narrative this week. But, you know, if it might be something to look at if you have a tiebreaker or something. But I don't think it's that important. Uh, the Champions Course at PGA National is a 7,150-yard par 70 course with two par fives and four par threes. The four par threes are some of the most difficult holes on the course, and the two par fives are the two easiest holes on the course. Off the tee, golfers will see average side fairways with lots of trouble if they miss. Water, fairway bunkers, and thick rough will be in play on almost every tee shot. There is water everywhere at PGA National. Since 2007, over a 1,000 golf balls have met their wet doom during tournament play. 
with all the courses defenses off the tee, you will see a lot of golfers hit less than driver this week on approaches. Golfers will see Bermuda grass greens that are above average in size when it comes to actual square feet. In reality, a lot of the greens are long from front to back, but extremely narrow in width, which makes hitting the greens very very tough. Less than 60% of approach shots on this course actually land on the greens. That is a very low number on tour. Uh, The greens are elevated, contoured, and surrounded by bunkers, water hazards, and false fronts on every hole. The greens should be fairly firm with a stint meter rating of around 11.5. And one thing you will notice about a lot of these greens is on one side is going to be water. On the other side is going to be sand. You know, a lot of guys are going to overcompensate. There's going to be a lot of greenside bunker shots this week from golfers. Tambo, uh, before we get into Tambo's stats, why don't you talk about Thrive Fantasy? Yeah, I want to talk about it again. We mentioned it last week. It was a lot of fun. Played it Thursday and Friday. Uh, what didn't do the best out of the gates, but I'm working on it. But they, yeah, they've they've set us up here proper. Uh, basically, it's a prop site, daily fantasy sports prop site app that you can go on. Uh, got rid of everything, so it's just down to you know Thursday only, Friday only. Don't got to worry about sweating the weekend or the cut or anything like that. They've pinned it down, made it a lot easier. So they just have some of the big names, like there's Brooks Kepka, Shane Lowry, Fowler, Fleetwood, Keegan Bradley. Like they're they're just making guys that you'll likely know. So it's not having to go in and find that sleeper or anything like that. And then you just rack up points based on what side of the prop you choose. The more risky the prop, the more points you get goes up from there. And then you still work just like a GPP where it's like a $25 buy-in and you know, there's 90 people and first is $550 seconds, 375 uh, much softer field. I would say overall, it's just, you know, you got to have the prop picks, right. And you got to use your, your numbers that you're using the same to build your lineups, to build them up. But a lot of fun. If you go over there right now, use promo code DGEN, D-E-G-E-N, when you first sign up, when you put on in on deposit, you match up to $25 on your first deposit from Thrive. So it's just a little promo offer we've got for you guys. Check them out. Again, thrivefantasy.com, promo code DGEN, that's D-E-G-N, and you'll get your 25 bucks on your first deposit. All right, sounds good. Why don't you get into the stats there, Tambo? Yeah, so this week, this is a course we've seen plenty. I mean, the you know, Tita Green, the ball strikers, approach, a lot of shots, 175 to 200. So it is worth looking at that and separating it from proximity perspective. Bogey avoidance, it does look like there's going to be a little bit of wind there as of right now. Again, we'll know more on Wednesday when we get out to the practice rounds, be able to see and, and get the weather report closer to and get a feel for what the course is playing like that day. Uh, and then, yeah, just overall scrambling, grinders. You, you saw last year, I think it was minus nine, the Keith Mitchell birdie on 18 there in front of Brooks and Ricky. Uh, Brooks and Ricky will both be there this year, as will Keith Mitchell. So it'll be interesting to see. But if the wind picks up, we got to look at it from that perspective as well. So a lot of stuff to change as we get through to the end of the week here, Kenny. All right, that sounds good. So let's go ahead and get into these tiers in the 10K range. We have Gary Woodland all the way up to Tommy Fleetwood, which is surprisingly the highest-priced golfer in this field. Who you got this week, Tambo? Yeah, first first off, here's the deal. Like, the Fleetwood price is insane. So I'm interested when you get to him because you said at 9,200 he was a lock. I'm not sure about at 11,6. I kind of, you know, I threw up the the gift there today of the, the girl spitting out the coffee because I was like, I could not believe he came out of that. Even when the books came out with him as the favorite, it just seems odd to see, but... This is where we are with this type of field. So anything can happen. It's an interesting field. Uh, my first T3BO, though, is going to be if I'm going up there, I am going to play Fleetwood over Brooks. So it's not, you know, something I'm super high on in, in, by any means. I like Woodland the best at, at the bottom, as I'm sure you will, too. It's a bunch of savings. It's 1300 bucks less than Fleetwood. You got a uh, U.S. Open champion, a guy that obviously can, can get it done. So, I mean, for me, I'll take Woodland at the bottom. I'm not sure on Ricky, but my, my big thing with Fleetwood is just that He'll, I assume he'll be extremely low-owned. It's not like he can't contend here. His recent form is still good. The sneaky 18th last week showed me he still got it. He just didn't quite get it done That you know enough, time, enough times throughout those days. And the injury thing for Brooks, I'm not sure if that's real or not, but, man, his form has just not been good. He's been you know forward about it and bringing it up. I think he's very comfortable with where he's at right now, and if he doesn't turn it on for this week, I don't think it's going to kill him to just go back to his house down the street and prep up and keep going and get ready for the masters down the road here. So I don't think it's something where uh, it's going to be some big leverage play or anything like that. I just don't think Brooks has been that good lately. And I know he got second here last year, but it was a totally different time for me. So Woodland Fleetwood, maybe a little bit of Fowler. No, not really much Kepka. You? Yeah. Uh, Woodland's going to be my first cash game cornerstone. I mean, if you look at this course, you know, like you said, a lot of the times it's single digits under par that wins this event. And you saw Woodland, he's a grinder. He can grind on these type of tough courses. You saw him with the U.S. Open win last year. 
Uh, you know, I mean, these are he, he can do these type of things. And again, another course where you club down a bit, and Woodland seems like that's the type of thing where he usually does with, even though he does have a good long drive. You know, his iron game is always strong. Tee to green is definitely a strength of his as well. So first cash game cornerstone this week is going to be Gary Woodland at $10,300. Uh, again, I'm not sure what to do with the other three. I, I mean, it it, it it could be a week where you could fade all three of these guys. Um, you know, definitely, it's definitely possible. I mean, you've seen a lot of elite guys win, but then you've seen, you know, 300 to win, 300 to one win. You've seen 200 to one win. There's been, you know, different types of winners. I'm, prob- I'm leaning towards Fleetwood up top, like you, uh, because I think between him, Kepka, and Fowler, they're both fairly even. Uh, I think Kepka's actually a little bit lower, but I think Fleetwood, and because of his, the way his current form, but Fleetwood and Fowler are, are sort of even. And, and I expect Fowler at that price and with that course history to be very, very more highly owned uh, than Fleetwood. So you can get your leverage there up top. And so I, I'm leaning towards Fleetwood right now, but we'll see how that goes. I'm still not 100% sure. But Woodland's definitely a lock as my first cash game cornerstone. Let's move on to this 9K range. I'll go with my second cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Billy Horschel at $9,200. I was hoping his price was going to be a little bit more than $9,200. I was probably going a little bit far-fetched about that, but uh, that's what I was hoping. But, you know, the thing about his ball striking, the last couple of events has been extremely solid. I mean, you take away his round on Saturday, uh, you know, or Friday, I think he lost like almost three strokes of those approaches. But on the other days, uh, he gained over five uh, strokes on the approaches. And his ball striking off the tee was extremely solid on a course where it was less than driver like it would be this week. So, you know, he has some good history here. Uh, you know, uh, so I'm a, and his tee to green is solid, really good on par fours. He's fifth in strokes gained par four in the last 50 rounds in this field. So I'm a fan of Horstel. I'm afraid that he's going to be one of the highest owned golfers in the field. So I'll use him in cash. Uh, I'm not sure how much, again, with the way my you know strategy goes with cash and GBPs, I'll probably go lighter on him uh, in GPPs. But other guys I do like, I like the two Europeans uh, up top. I mean, Rose hasn't been playing well, and it's very possible with Woodland maybe being popular and Usti, you know, playing pretty well recently, though he's never really highly owned. That You know, you could get – you know, not as high ownership on Rose as you normally would see uh, when he's under $10,000. Uh, I think that, it, you know, that at that price, I think it's worth the risk uh, because he's a great player. He has played well here, even though he hasn't played here in a while. When he did play here, he played well. Um, you know, Iron Game Strong is really good out of the bunkers. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of bunker shots. I mean, especially if the wind picks up, especially on approach shots, you know, People are going to, on the pro shots, you're either going to have water on the left or sand on the right. Where are you going to aim your miss? Probably to the right. So there's going to be plenty of sand shots uh, this week, and he's good. And Usti's been playing pretty good golf, good par four score, really good from um, 175 to 200 yards, which is the main proximity, you know, area. Hits a lot of greens. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm there with Usti. What are you going to do with Hovland this week after his win? you're teeing it up for me, man. That's my, my second T3BO is going to be not to use Hovland after the win. I think, you know, it was crazy. The win he got, we'll talk about teeter later. It was just a, a crazy thing to see, but awesome for Hovland. I mean, drain a huge putt like that. That was just incredible to watch. And I like Usti. And like you said, the big thing you mentioned there that I think is dead on is that nobody ever plays Usti. He's never highly owned. Doesn't matter where he's at. I think, you know, there's a few guys I'll mention this week that they talk about in DFS terms as flop lag, where everyone sort of likes him last week. And, and you know, Benny Ann, I'll, I'll spoiler alert, he's a guy that everyone was on last week. Now his price is up a little bit. It's the same with Usti. Everyone, you know, not everyone, but a lot more people were on him last week thinking he was going to do something. He gets that 51st while he's in there knocking the, the rust off. But Usti actually... Had a house in West Palm Beach. He just sold it about three and a half weeks ago for like five and a half million dollars. Was on the, the market for like a year. Do my, my real back end research there. But man, knocking the rest off, he's that grinder type that we talked about. And then I love what you mentioned, a couple other things just to tie in quick. Uh, fading the three guys at the top and even Woodland. I don't, I'm not even afraid of that, but like they don't really win regular events like Kepka, Fowler, Fleetwood. They, you know, Fleetwood's the English coocher, some people say. Kepka wins majors and not regular events. Fowler doesn't win shit. I've been talking shit about him all year. Woodland, you know, he's great, but he's not normally going to, he doesn't normally pay off a 10 3 salary. So I have no problem starting with Rose. Rose, Usti are two guys that just grind, man. They're, they're not going to make a lot of mistakes. You know, if this is a minus eight, minus nine type, type win, I could easily see either of those guys getting it. So Usti over Hovland for number two. The other guys, and the reason I'd like your call there for the fate of the top is because 
One, I don't like a lot of guys down at the bottom. We'll get to that later. But also, I still like the other guys. I like Im. I think, you know, I talked about it before, but I'll be on him all season. He's a grinder around the green guy, recent form, good in wind, you know, if that picks up. And I think he's a nice GPP play off of Horschel. Uh, I still like Horschel. You could even use both in a lineup together because he's just been on fire right now. I just think he's going to get possibly over-owned to be like that DJ Bubba type, even though it's not really based on course history. It's just more of a price bump to a guy that never really... uh Are you eating enough California walnuts? Is your mind as sharp as a Santoku knife? If Maria's mother had three children and the first child was named April and the second child was named May, what is her third child's name? Did you answer maybe, then no, then some name that wasn't Maria? Maybe it's time to start snacking on walnuts. Research continues to assess the connection between eating walnuts and cognitive performance. So the next time you're at your local Wise Markets, grab a bag of California walnuts. That does too much. He's just, he's, but he's on fire right now. Like I said, it's nothing to do with hating on him for Sunday. It's just more in general. And then I still like Lowry at the bottom at 9,100. Definitely not paying for EVR with that around the green game, but I like Lowry still, man. He's a, a, a fair price, low owned GPP pivot, very similar to Louie guy that can grind it out, solid hands, good in the wind. I, I still, li- I like all this nine K range pretty much uh, not as high on Hovland, not on EVR, but I definitely don't mind the rest and probably a little lower on Horschel just based on the, the chalk coming in and the guys that I mentioned that are around him that I like just as much. Yeah, I sort of like that Lowry call. I mean, you see at this event, you see a lot of Europeans do well here. Uh, you know, I, I think I think more Europeans have won this event or non-Americans have won this event in the last two years than Americans. Don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Uh, and one thing about Horschel that I did forget to mention, you know, I, I put this on Twitter yesterday. Um, so you know, the Mexico was the only the seventh time in Billy Horschel's career he finished top 10 in consecutive PGA events played. His six prior results in the next event, 21st, 2nd, 1st, 61st, 1st, and ninth. His last three tour wins have all come on par 70 courses. His best putting surface is Bermuda. So, uh, you know, there's a lot going for Horschel. I think he's going to be very popular, but he's definitely going to be a cash game play for me. Go ahead into this 8K range tempo. Yeah, Billy Ho 2.0, man, burger. Right there at 8,900. The burger chalk is very possible, uh, but I still like him regardless, right? His recent form, 5'9", 38. He was heating up, getting into the – he's improved on his four last events, 5'9", 38. That was his last four. Uh, decent history when he's played here. His stats show up for everything that I'm looking at and mentioned in the, in the beginning, so I like him. Benny Ann, who I mentioned, like that just – I have to go back. Uh, you know, had a very rough start last week, and he didn't quite – turn around completely he only ended with a t29 but he was very solid t to green he's always good around the green he's, he's the guy i mentioned with that flop lag where everyone's going to be off him now he's priced back up 8800 i think it'll be a spot that people go away from with the other guys that are there in burger who i just mentioned neiman poston there, there's other guys there i think poston's better than neiman just because it's more his stats are more based on recent form so i do like that uh even though neiman always has that upside it's crazy all the guys by the way just a side note that got the wins right neiman and that's why I kind of like him this week, but Neiman, Morikawa, Hovland, and Wolf, like with Hovland rounding it out, all those guys have got W's now on tour. So, uh, you know, in a very short period of time. So crazy to see that. I think Neiman still has some upside, but I like Poston more. And then Connors, always going to be on him. Ball striking beast, you know, stats off the charts, can pop any time, made his cut as one time out here. Uh, I'll go to him. I think just to mention it of note, Grillo and List will be very popular. I definitely am a sucker for those guys, especially Grillo. Um, just got, but, but the thing about Grillo that worries me big time is he just got the T3 at the uh, Puerto Rico Open. And I think that's just the one that just sucks everybody in. And, and then you know what he does, man. He just cannot putt. So, and it's not like he's, you know, super cheap. He's not 7,200 or, or 6,800 or something. He's 8,000 bucks. So it's interesting. I'll, I'll hear your thoughts and then we'll go to the next range. What do you got, Kenny? Yeah, my third cash game cornerstone is going to be JT Poston at $8,600. You know, he makes a lot nice. of cuts. Really good from the sand. Uh, he's been hitting a lot of greens here lately. His iron game is well above average in this field. Good putter. Uh, so I do like uh, JT Poston. He's actually been fairly good on um, par fours as well. 18th in strokes game par four uh, in the last 50 rounds in this field. Fourth in sand saves. Uh, he gets a good amount of DraftKings points and birdies. But that's not something to really, really focus on this week because this is not a super birdie fest type course. So Poston will be my third cash game cornerstone. Uh, he's had a couple of decent, you know, mid-level finishes here. Uh, made the cut both times. Uh, so I do like Poston as my third cash game cornerstone. I love Berger, just like you. I like On. 
uh, just like you, you know, surprisingly, as poor of a putter as Benny on is, um, you could see, you know, he's first in bogey avoidance, which is incredible since he's almost dead last in putting uh, in this field. So that just shows you how good he is tee to green. And that's what this course needs, you know, that solid tee to green type monster. One thing I will say, if a guy's been struggling tee to green uh, leading up to this event, it's probably a good idea not to use him. Uh, just because this is not an event to get yourself right. You know what I'm saying? This no. is not an event <laughs> to get your game right. You know, this is, you're not going out here and shooting, you know, 15, 20 under with your B game because, of course, it's easy. You, you can't get away with a shitty tee to green game with shitty ball striking this week at all. So if you guys, if you're looking at guys who've recently, um, you know, have not been doing that great tee to green, you might want to double think using them. Uh, this week, other guys do like. I, I think I, I like Neiman uh, a, a little bit this week. I think he's a better win player than people think, you know. And his iron game is always strong. I, I'm not sure how heavy I'll be on him since I do like On and Berger better. Uh, but like those guys up top, when you get down below, I'm not the biggest fan of many of them. I might play a little bit of Ryan Palmer again. The win narrative. Uh, he's had a couple of top fives here uh, in the past. He had a, that really good stretch of golf uh, earlier this year, though he sort of slowed down. Uh, maybe he can bring that back up. So I do like Ryan Palmer a little bit. So let's move on to this 7K range. Sam, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, and you can see that too, guys. We mentioned a lot of guys in the 9K, the 8K. The seven's even heavily, pa- even more heavily packed. And so it just is clear, and it'll probably be popular. I don't, I don't really care, though. It's just how you mix them up. But the balance structure to me is just so much better this week. When you think about all the guys we're talking about, there's merit for all of them. And like I said, there's for me, when I just think about those guys at the top, there's a lot more merit for me to say, wait a minute, are they just a name, the big name in the, in the tournament as you know, it doesn't have that strong of a field this year where I can just say, okay, let's avoid them. Like Tiger, JT, Rory, DJ, Rom, all those guys, X, Cantlay, none of those guys are here. So there, it's just, to me, it's just, they have to place these guys somewhere. I like these balanced structures. So Johnny Vegas, uh, you know, decent recent form, ninth missed cup, but before that was a 17th and a 30th. He had 11 birdies. To, to round it out. I know it's the Puerto Rico Open. It's not even close, like you say, to a get-right course. But his course history here is 6 out of 7, 16th and 4th in two of the last three years. And then to have that great round on Sunday, I mean, that was that was huge. 11 birdies anywhere is good. I don't care what you're doing. You're doing something right. So I like that. Kind of love uh, Harris English as a grinded-out guy. You know, he's not a lot of recent former history. He did have a 16th, I believe that was. Yeah, it was the WMPO, so the Waste Management. Um, but he's got better here each of the last three years, a 12th before that was the 33rd before that was a 60th, but he's making cuts. Uh, he's someone that we were on. He had a great swing season. So, you know, he can, he can grind up the number. Um, who else? Varner fan fave coming in off his best performance of the season. I'll, I'll still play some. I, I like Varner. We talk, you talk about, you know, par fours when he gets those irons on, it's just a spot where I think he can make it happen, make a cut for us. And the price is a little bit up. So I think he might be a little bit less owned. Uh, and then the other guy behind him that's a GPP special is Wolf, right? First timer and, and not the best form. So I don't think he'll be very heavily owned, but a guy just has a, a ton of upside, right? J- just watch his boy Hovland win. Always has upside at 7.7K. So I, I do like that. Uh, and then going down from there, you know, Knox, Von Taylor, our boy McNeely, that, you know, sort of Keegan Bradley, that, that would round out the upper half of the 7K range. Kenny, what do you got? Yeah, I like English. Uh, a lot, you know, he, he's really good at avoiding bogeys. He's third in the field in bogey avoidance the last 50 rounds. Hits a ton of greens. He's actually first from proximity from 400 to 450 yards in this field. And I think like six or seven of the par fours are in that range. So, you know, he's first in that. He's really good on par fours overall, too. He's third in the field in strokes gained par four in the last 50 rounds. So I do like English. Uh, I do like Varner. Uh, a little bit. Another guy who uh, has been really getting a, a lot better at avoiding the big number. Uh, you know, you know, the last 12 rounds he's played, he's fifth in bogey avoidance in this field. You know, always strong tee to green game. His iron game has been very, very good here recently. Uh, you know, and, and like the cuts that he missed, like I know a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, he missed on the number. Um, you know, he had that, that one round where he had like 34, five 30 pars in a row or some shit you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah. you know and that, that 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 would work this week you that'd be great this week yeah that, P- pga was, championship went before the sunday that was another tough event and, and he grinded that out and, and then he obviously blew up on sunday but yeah exactly what you said he's the guy that can grind it out here and get those pars going and that's just more than fine at this course yeah i do like uh, I, and i'm gonna stick with my boy maverick uh i've been i've been talking him up all season again he had uh he sort of 
faded a little bit. I think it was top 15 going into Sunday uh, yesterday at the Puerto Rico, but faded a little bit on Sunday. But the guys have just been playing exceptional golf. Uh, you know, Tita Green, he's 10th uh, in the last 12 rounds in this field. First in bogey avoidance. First in sand save percentage. First in strokes game par four in this field the last 12 rounds. Those are a lot of things that I'm really looking at this week. Tita Green, bogey avoidance, sand saves, par four scoring. And he's top 10 in all four of those uh, coming into this event. So I, I'm a big Maverick and Neely fan. I wouldn't even be – I would. I mean, I'm tempted to even use him in cash. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, because I just feel like he's been playing such good golf and it seems like his game would fit this course, even though he's never played it before. But let's move on to my final cash game cornerstone. I had a bit of an issue. Uh, this was another one of those 1v1 things that I was going for uh, with this final spot. And I think both these guys are cash viable. Uh, but I had to decide between Danny McCarthy and Cameron Tringali. So I went with the the, the numbers. You know, Tringali, a little bit better. Uh, you know, Tita Green, uh, you know, Tita Green is a little bit better than uh, Denny is. Uh, his iron game is better. Now, Denny relies, you know, basically solely on the putter. Uh, but when you're the best putter in the PGA Tour for the last 20 months, I mean, you know, it's not like it's a bad thing, you know. It's, so it's not like it's not it's not like it's unlikely to happen again. Um, so, but I'm going Tringali, iron game strong, eighth. Uh, in strokes gained T to green in the last 50 rounds in this field, 10th in sand save percentage, 9th in strokes gained par 4, above 13th in bogey avoidance, uh, above average in par 4 efficiency from 400 to 450 yards, and greens in regulation. So I do like uh, Tringali. That'll be my cat, my last cash game cornerstone. So my four cash game cornerstone, I want to say a little prayer, because I really need them to be solid this week because it's been such a bad run, but they're going to be – Gary Woodland at 10,300, Billy Horschel at 9,200, JT Poston at 8,600, and Cameron Tringali at 7,100. This leaves you about $14,800, plenty of room uh, to make moves uh, in this range uh, to fill out your cash lineup. Other guys I do like in this range, I sort of like Bud Colley uh, this week. You know, really good from 175 to 200 yards, top 10 in bogey avoidance in this field. Iron game has been pretty solid this season as he's inside the top 20 in strokes game approach in the last 50 rounds. Uh, top 25 in strokes game par four last 50 rounds. He's had, uh, I think he's had a couple of made cuts here. So I do like uh, Bud Colley in this range. Other guys that I'll go, Matthew Neesmith had his first top 10 uh, last week at the uh, Puerto Rico Open. And if you look at his stats recently, I mean, they're exceptionally strong. Um, you know, uh, iron game, really solid, scoring a lot of DK points, hitting a lot of greens, really good from 175 to 200, uh, really good uh, on par fours. So I like a little bit of Matthew Naismith uh, down there. Who do you like? Yeah, you, you stole it. That's the guy, man. I think I actually think a lot of people are that's my third T3BO. I think a lot of people will look at Stanley. He's the guy, you know, sort of with the situation I mentioned where it's like kind of like the Grillo thing. T3, just like him, got the ball striking going. I think it was Josh Perry on Twitter that mentioned this is classic scenario of a guy that's just too good for, you know, that type of field. And he just all of a sudden he's on, right, and shows up, gets that confidence. I don't think it's going to carry over to this event. Uh, I really like Neesmith, man. You, you mentioned a couple of things, but if anyone wants, you know, if you look, he was right behind Stanley. His recent form is 6th, 11th, 30th, 17th, 32nd. His stats are through the roof. Vegas number, everyone else around him is like 90 to 110. He's sitting at 80. I think they like that. Uh, and if you look also too, uh, it went, like last year, I don't know if you remember this or not, it was sort of a, a fairways greens type tournament. And it was the Boise Open on the Corn Ferry Tour where everyone thought Hovland was going to win. And he probably should have but it was a, a, a similar situation to the way Hovland just won yesterday where Neesmith put it to like 18 feet, 20 feet, and he just had to make it. And there was going to, and then Hovland had to try and get it up there and make an Eagle. And he put it to like two feet. It was actually close to force the playoff, but uh, Neesmith bested him in that field. And again, totally out there, not the same course. It's corn favors PGA. I get all that. I'm just saying people don't know a lot about him. And I think he's a good sleeper play this week at 7,200. As much as people will talk him up, it's just someone they won't necessarily click the button on. You mentioned Kali. I like Kali and Harmon both right there, but I would go Kali over Harmon if I'm picking one. I kind of like Harry Higgs, right? His form has been so good this year. It's just the first timer. Not a lot of people know who he is. Up and comer, 18th, 25th, 9th. Strikes the ball really well. I think he's a guy that you could get on there. Glover. Back to the well, 7,200, great history here. Fourth year last year, 17th year before that, 21st year before that. Uh, it's just his form isn't you know great right now, but it's, he's not missing any cuts or anything. So 
I'll still go back to some Glover uh, and then round it out at the bottom. I'll, I'll use Denny McCarthy, who you sort of mentioned. It's weird though. I did make it my notes. He makes cuts everywhere except here apparently, but his form has been good and he's got the, one of the best putters, especially on Bermuda. So I do like him. And then the last guy is another one. It's my final one that I mentioned like Benny on and like the other guy, this is, this is uh, Cam Davis, right? He just like, it was almost like everybody liked him over at the, at the alternate and he didn't, he's, I got like 27th, but he's just on a streak, man. 27, 38, 36, 29, 9th. Made the cut here last year. It was one time. I think he's a fine GPP play to round up the 7K range. Yeah, I do like Harmon. I do like that call. And I do like the, uh, who was it? The, uh, the Harry Higgs. Oh, I miss, well. I miss one more. Uh, and the only reason I like it is because this is the opposite of the Billy Ho thing where I was kind of hoping Billy Ho would do shitty until I needed him on Sunday. But anyway, until uh, so that we could pick him up at, at less ownership this week. This is the opposite. Wallace, Matt Wallace, did what I wanted. A T58. He was 20th here last year. He's just getting back into the swing of things, knocking some rust off, kind of like Louie was. But his Sunday was amazing. T to green, approach numbers were through the roof and was like four under on Sunday. So sometimes when people pick something up on a Sunday – that really goes into the next week. Like I talked about Johnny Vegas. So I do like Matt Wallace here on this course as just the ultimate, almost like a cheaper Russell Knox, just a grinder bulldog that can get it done on, on a course like this. I think he's a perfect fit for that at 7,100. Yeah. I like that play. Uh, why don't we go into the six K range? I'll go ahead and start. Uh, I'm going to start off with uh, Hollywood Hoagie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the guys has been playing exceptional golf and now he finished 60th at the AT&T, but like that's, he sucks at that event. Like I think he's, he's played it like six times and he's missed the cut three times and never finished better than like 39th. Uh, you know? So, I mean, that's like not his thing, but like prior to that, the guy has been on fucking fire, you know? And you, if you look at his stats over this range, I mean, even in the last 50 rounds, uh, which is not even too recent, uh, he's seventh in strokes game approach, fourth in par four efficiency from 400 to 450, sixth in proximity from 175 to 200 top 20 uh, in bogey avoidance. Uh, really good on par fours inside the top 25. <clears throat> 21st in strokes game T to green. Uh, he's going to be one of my favorite plays uh, down here below. Uh, I like a little bit of Brian Stewart. Uh, I think he's going to be 6,700. Uh, the guy has, has played this course pretty well in the past. Another grinder type guy who you don't really see on leaderboards where it's like 25 under winning or something like that, but something like this where it's like single digits, I can get on him. Uh, Stuart Stink a little bit with his iron play and his good proximity stats from 175 to 150, and he hits a lot of greens. Uh, Bramlett, uh, who had, a, a, you know, a, a, I think I, I can't remember how he did last week. I think he did okay. Yeah, T9. Uh, but he's been pretty, yeah, yeah, so again, hits a lot of greens, good from the bunker, you know, decent, uh, you know, iron game. Uh, other guys in this range that I'll probably have a little peek of, uh, Chesson Hadley, Kevin Tway, and Cameron Percy. Who do you like? A lot of guys uh, near the top here. I mean, you can go with Watney. Hoagie, who you mentioned, love it. As I, I chimed in right away. I think that's the, the obvious one just for value at 6,900. Watney, another guy. He's, so he's five for five made cuts. It's not just a course history thing. He hasn't been great lately, but he's, a, he's what I would call a solid course fit, right? We know what he can do when he gets on. The putter really hurts him, but his, his, his ball striking stats are normally pretty decent. He just hasn't been on lately. So I know, like you said, it's not a get-right spot, but it's the one guy at a lower price where you can afford to eat it in, some, in a GBP because – Maybe this is a spot where the course that he has such good history on turns him around. You mentioned Stewie Sink. Speaking of that, nine for nine made cuts. And then you talked about the stats that go with it. And, and then his recent form is actually hasn't been bad, 38th and 55th. I mean, he'll make a cut for 6,700. Um, Chase Seifert. This guy was Berger and Kepka's college teammate. Five straight made cuts. Stats are, you know, five of the last five stroke skin approach. He's gaining. So I, I like that coming in five straight made cuts, as I mentioned. So I think that guy uh, with your steward call there, he's another guy that fits in. And then, you know, Bramlett's going to get talked up. I know a lot of people have been talking about him on Twitter lately, whatever, but this is kind of the course. I remember, I forget who it was that told me this, but I asked somebody who knows a lot more about me than Corn Prairie Tour guys. And he was like, yeah, you don't really want him on a, a birdie makers course. You want him somewhere where it's going to be like, you know, he's got a par and he's just, you know, going to hit greens. Make, he's going to avoid bogeys. That's the spot. And then coming in off the T9, it might be the perfect storm. So uh, he makes sense down low, just so I don't forget anybody. I, I don't mind Percy that you mentioned. I don't mind Tway. We got to talk real quick before I'll get into my final guy. But what was your take on the Siwoo Kim video today, buddy? You're yeah. famous. Yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, the guys over at the DFS opened uh, paid uh, 
uh, Siwoo to do a cameo video. And, 30 bucks, uh, he, man. You can go on yeah. and get him to say whatever you want. Yeah, and he said that, uh, uh, first off, the way he talks is hilarious. It's just so flat and monotone because his English isn't very good. Uh, but uh, he said, uh, you know, he was talking about the DFS Open and said, you know, including the second most famous Kim in the world, you know, Kenny Kim. Uh, and I'm definitely going to play Siwoo. Uh, you know, he, he had a little bit of a bounce back with a, with a top 35, top 36 finish his last time out. You never really know when this guy can go off. You know what I'm saying? I think he's worth a little bit of a flyer in this weaker field uh, and at a very bottom level price of $6,400. Yeah, see, Woo, man, I don't know, no enthusiasm. That woo that he did for for Pat Mayo, that was weak as fuck. So I, I don't know if I can get behind that. It just doesn't seem like he's hyped up enough, but he can pop at any time and the price is downright disrespectful at 6400 I also kind of like C.T. Pan right there, talking about fairways and greens and, and getting it done. He's got a couple good results here. He missed the cut last year, but before that was 17th and 37th. He's a guy that can just take it to the to the bank on fairways and greens all day. But the guy I want to mention, uh, he's not in the, the DraftKings pool as of the time we're recording this. He will be. Uh, it's going to be good to go. Wiley mentioned it tonight on Twitter. I know Kentucky guy. A lot of people were out there on him yesterday. It was as good as it was to see Hovland get the W and make it you know, the emphatic way with that putt at the end. It was really tough to watch the Josh Teeter interview. Uh, a little bit gut-wrenching. You know, you hate to see stuff like that from a guy that's been grinding. And I, the one thing I related to, and I always say this, I, I think PGA DFS is by far the most – well, I, I know it is. It's most comparable to its actual sport. Right, because you know you can grind NBA DFS, but it, but you might be going to your men's league or whatever, and it's similar, but it's just not the same because it's not individual. Like we grind all these GPPs, everyone is at different levels. You can play a satellite just like almost like a Monday Q. You can qualify into a main event like a 444 pressure putt and win it for 100 grand. Look at the guy that you know the the steak a fish thing that was on Twitter with Empire Maker and Mock Lovin a few weeks, you know a month and a half back. The guy just put up a video of him taking a big hit off a bong gets gets put into a tournament for four figures and then goes and, and ships 100k that night so i mean it, it can happen and then all of a sudden you know almost cory connors-esque so you know teeter been grinding his ass off just can't get the w sitting there thinking there's a hope because it's quite a quite a decent putt that hovland has to make there and well, then and, and here's the thing about that putt if he misses the the, the, the cup that thing's going 15 feet back. it's gone it's over uh-huh. and he wins thank you yeah. that, that's exactly yeah. you just took exactly man and, and i love that you know you were watching it, that everyone was watching it but that that really's got a sting man like you said that thing was going way beyond it almost you know when ricky at the masters when when reed hit the pin remember on like 17 or whatever it was he hits the pin and if not it goes like 20 feet past and that would have been the difference ricky gets the birdie on 18 it's just little things right and, and the game for teeter has looked solid so i'm definitely gonna go back to a man i think it'll make him stronger. I think it'll motivate him more. And I'm not expecting him to contend this week. Whether that sounds good or bad, I'm just being honest. But I don't think he's going to come in much more than 6,500 based off just a one second place last week. It might even be less. Maybe it's 6,100, 6,200. And I really think that's you know going to motivate a man just to, to make him stronger and come back this week. I don't think he'll take it the other way. So I'm excited to see. And it, when he did play here in the past, he's three for three made cuts. So familiar course, good result. Heart, you know, gut-wrenching to see, but good for him. Second place is still strong on a PGA Tour event. I don't care where it is, who's in it, whatever. And Hovland is just a protege guy that's gonna, prodigy guy that's going to be up and coming. So we, we knew that. We didn't expect much less there. But, yeah, shout-out to Teeter. That's going to be awesome to see him go out this week and get back at it again. All right, that sounds good. Anyone we missed? I might throw a little bit of Michael Gliglick uh, out there. I don't even Canadian. Know his name. Yeah, Canadian. I might throw Glitching. a little bit of, his, his iron game has been really, really good here uh, lately, and he's been uh, pretty decent at uh, avoiding the big number here recently. I think his iron game has been uh, the best in his short career uh, on the PGA Tour the last three events. So I might throw a little flyer if I need some cap savings at $6,100 with Michael Gliglich. 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 There we go. I can't pronounce, you know, English is my second language. So there you go. Uh, Anyone else you miss? No, that's good. All right, let's go to bets, Tambo. Who you got? Loading up the card this week, Kenny. Got to do it. We're there, right? So a little bit extra. Uh, I got Usti, 25. I got Burger 33. Some of these, like I said, are, you'll see they're almost like mini hedges because I do feel like these guys are strong right now. I just don't know how much I'm going to love them in event. Uh, M, I don't care, 35. The field's not that strong. I think we've been waiting for M to get a win. I could see it. Uh, Grillo, my, my guilty pleasure. I've missed the good number. I only got him at like 60 to 1 with the each way. I think some people got him as much as 90, which I'm pissed off about, but I, I just can't miss it. And, I, and by the way, I'm speaking of betting here, I bet – Keith Mitchell so much last year and then didn't bet him at the Honda thinking this course is way too tough for him. So that killed me. Um, but yeah, Neesmith, 80 to one with the each way, HV3, FOMO bet, 100 to one with the each way, and then Chase Seifert, 
250 to one long shot bomb with the each way. What do you got? Uh, I got six bets as well. I'm doing Woodland at 22 to one. Usti 25 to one. Billy Horschel 25 to one. Berger 33 to one. Maverick 80 to one. Hoagie 125 to one. So those are going to be my six. Who you got for one and done? Yeah, it's going to be probably, uh, you know, again, could be a hedge situation with Fleetwood, Fowler, something like that. I just don't see using them many more spots. And then, you know, like you mentioned, Wood, or sorry, Woodland, uh, Rose, and Usti, guys, again, that I just don't see using very much. I could save Woodland. I don't know. So it's probably between Fleetwood, Fowler, Rose, and Usti. Who do you got? I'm Fleetwood, Fowler, Horschel, or Berger. Uh, those are going to be my four. I haven't really. Hor- Horschel is going to crash and burn. The more we get talking on this podcast, I know, right? I'm so it's going to be so bad. He's this week's Bubba. It's all over again. Horschel's dead. Um, Remember, I said that. Well, I mean, the thing about him is, I mean, his ball striking has been so good, and he's been so good, and he's so when he gets hot, he tends to stay hot. It's just uh, enough to know. suck you in, man. And the know, last, I you know, know, three of the last four years, that course history baked into the 9200. He's he's going to be crushing. He's probably not going to make the cut. And we're still going to have to have some of him. So it's just the way it is. I, I tweeted that tweet about him, about the, uh, you know, his finishes after back-to-back top tens last night. Uh, it's gotten like 170 likes and a bunch of retweets. And then you see, uh, I think Steve Bamford had him on his betting card. Uh, I think Sundog Monkey, who we'll have on the show. Excited uh, about that. The players. We'll have, we'll have Martin uh, Sundog Monkey on the show for the players. Uh, he'll be there that week, and he's gone to the players the last couple of years, so he really knows his shit about TPC Sawgrass. He knows his shit overall, uh, but, you know, so he's going to be on the show. Yeah, re- really good with bets, and he has added a component to his article. So for those of you guys that don't check it out, he's added a component where he puts two, uh, like, basically sleepers in or, or low-priced guys that you can play your, play your lineups around with, and he's done really well, man. So I'm excited to have him on, talk a lot about betting, and like you said, just the experience he's had from that course. It's going to be cool to see. Yeah, I'm definitely thinking about, you know, definitely going less than 15% on the Horschel in, in, in GPPs because it worries the fuck out of me. But everything points to him playing well. I was just going to say, I or mean, your stat you know is so saying? good that it's going to be like when Ricky was 9,400. I think it's almost the same price. Yeah, he's 9,200. When Ricky was that price at the, the waste management, like 40% owned and won the thing, even with all the stuff that went on on Sunday and his ball falling back and all that. It just was sometimes it's too good to be true and sometimes it's, just, you know, you can't be wrong. So you got to yeah. roll with it. I just feel yeah. like it's going to be wrong. I feel it's like it's so wrong. I, I, I hope I hope you are wrong, but God, I feel the same way too. But I I, I had to put him on the Cascade Cornerstones because I, I, everything's pointing to him. You know, everything's pointing to him. But the um, title know. of the pod is Billy No? Question mark? Yeah, yeah. No. We'll see. Uh, all right. Anything we missed this week, Tambo? No, I think that's it, man. Excited. Like, we're going down there. This is going to be the best thing ever. You've never met a co-host in the history of the Fantasy Golf Degenerates, and you and I are going to be hanging out, staying at the house together, drinking lots. It's just going to be a lot of fun, man. Meet a lot of people, hopefully, and and have a really good time. Yeah, five years into this podcast and three different co-hosts, and I've never met any of them, ever, once. That's a great thing about the internet, too. At this time of day, you know, (laughs) uh, I've never met Tambo, never met Brad, never met – Zach never met any of those guys, uh, but you know now now we're going to meet them all this week. It's going to be a great time. They're going to be down there. I will be accepting all drinks the whole week. Uh, double crown the rocks. Just go ahead and bring it to me. I will not say no. So, yeah, and I, I, by the way, I, I like Corona Premier. I gotta I gotta tone it down a little bit. And I know everyone's gonna be on the Tito's, but Corona Premieres we don't even really get those in Canada. So I, I like well, a, a nice because it's because it's horse piss. That's why you don't get yeah, that in Canada. It's, maybe it's, take it easy. Just, eh? Take it easy. It's horse piss. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather drink a white claw than a Corona premiere. I'll be on those too, by the way, I'll yeah. accept all white black cherry. And there's like a strawberry one or not. It's not strawberry. It's like a, I forget, but there's another really good flavor too that I just tried and that'll get you going. So I like that. All right, Tam, but tell them where they can find you. Gobscorner.com, man. You mentioned the biggest promo code we've ever done in the pod. It's DGEN30, D-E-G-E-N-3-0. You definitely want to get the sign up. You can get the content only. You can get the tools only. You can get content and tools. Uh, as we mentioned, the E9 is going to be awesome this week because it'll be after Gup and I have been at the course all day. Whoever else is at the house, the Airbnb with us that day will be on with us. We'll be doing a, you know, a show a little bit earlier this week, but it'll be a lot of fun to talk about that. And then, yeah, any, all of our articles, Kenny, myself, the Slack chat is going to be bumping this week. And then grab me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Find me, DM me, whatever you need. A lot of people hit me up with questions on there. Always open to answer those as well. Yeah, you can find my article on gupscorner.com. It's already out. I'll have my favorite non-cash game cornerstone cash plays on there on Wednesday. And I'll be getting a lot of advice uh, from uh, Tambo and Gup for that because they'll be down there uh, this week. You can also find me on Twitter at KendoVT. 
All right, DJ Nation, it's going to be a big week. The field isn't great, but it's going to be a fun event. We're all going to be down there. Let's win some motherfucking money, DJ Nation. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.